thank you, Gulalai. Today, I'm going to basically talk about how I've seen Professor Ismail's health deteriorating over the course of past 2.5 years since I've known him. I began talking to him um, when Gulalai was first put on exit control list in 2018 for her for just being critical of state policies and for her defense of uh, uh, the marginalized Pashtuns in uh, Pakistan, a community she also belongs to herself. And then when she was, at first she was arrested and he was a worried father and a human rights defender himself because he's very well established in the community, especially in South Asia and Asia, as we've seen through different statements from uh, organizations. Uh, and then uh, after Gulale's first exit control list uh, uh, sort of case, then she was arbitrarily detained herself for over a day and nobody could trace her, her whereabouts remained unknown. Uh, you could also, in, there could be an interpretation that she was disappeared herself and her family were excruciatingly worried and I was talking to Professor Saab. After that, when she got, um, when she had to go underground because of the severity of the cases against her in May, I realized that her family, despite all the persecution and harassment and demonizing that her family had been seeing for her work. And of course, Professor Saab's um, uh, continued support of her daughter, they were not prepared for the kind of harassment that was, which was hurled their way, the kind of persecution they were subjected to. Because the first time, at the time of the first raid at their house in the middle of the night in May or June if in 2019, uh, they didn't know that they could use the CCTV footage as evidence. Um, and that was the, just one of the first incidents of the string of raids that Gulale's um, immediate family were subjected to, where Professor Ismail lived with Mrs. Uzlifat Ismail and their younger daughter, who again was harassed brutally just because she happened to look like her sister. And even there were social media posts which said that she she could be Gulale. And um, it was also really unfair because she had nothing to do with her sister's activism. She just happened to be uh, her sister. So afterwards, um, throughout uh, that time, I saw even before this news story made it to uh, newspapers, and uh, was um, uh, highlighted on different platforms, we saw that Professor Ismail's death, uh, this health was slowly deteriorating. He, the mental stress was taking a toll on, on his physical conditions. It was later reported by different um, organizations, um, media outlets, but we saw that happening in, in person in a way, and we saw that happening really fast. Of course, he remained steadfast and supported his daughter, but A, they were literally, it was like they were subjected to extreme surveillance. They were raids, and of course, in the on the houses of the extensive family in Peshawar and parts of KP, at her own house in Islamabad, and there was surveillance because there were men who would come in official cars and circulate their house in Islamabad. Eventually, we saw that Professor Saab was also, when he began facing the police harassment and judicial harassment through fabricated um, cases, once he was outside Pes uh, Peshawar um, uh, High Court and he was 
you know, he went missing technically because nobody knew where he was. Again, a case which was, it was just a, an arbitrary uh, process, the way we've seen human rights defenders and their families being harassed for at least the past three, three and a half years, beginning of 2018. And Professor Saab was also again treated like this, regardless of the fact that he was already facing cases in the court. This time when he was court in court, um, disappeared or arbitrarily, arbitrarily detained, he was basically picked up for his online expression. This time he was targeted for his own posts on social media. Eventually he was traced, eventually he was produced in court and then you know we managed to the family and other activists managed to get the bail but then they came out and the um, mr and mrs uslifat ismail his wife gulale's mother was put on exit control list they went to get their passports renewed and they found out through the passport office that they were on an exit control list there was no document which was sent to them that you're on a uh, you're on a no-fly list they just happened to find out when they went to the passport office and eventually of course then they would be documents sent to them after an incident would pass or after um, a date would pass they would just get like a notification from the court so when we say judicial harassment it's not just through the fact that the case the charges were always fabricated and the cases were uh, false it's also through this like a daily bothering of the family in addition to surveillance, in addition to targeting calls, threats, and the, and the, um, uh, the series of raids which continued in different forms, right? Because people would show up um, in their, back in their hometown and in village and question um, residents about the family. And I still remember in 2020 when I got a call from him and he could barely speak because he had just um, tested positive for uh, COVID-19. And this was happening right in the middle of when the finan their financing cases and false charges of terrorism were uh, being slapped on them and the courts were being reminded that they need to take up this case again. And he was basically trying to figure out how to get a prescription for himself. You know, they had the financial means to take care of themselves, but they were alone. They were harassed, intimidated, living literally in sub-jails, completely stressed out, physically burnt out, exhausted, terrorized, demonized, witch-hunted in uh, by themselves because, because they're, they uh, only dared to stand up for their daughter who um, was critical of state policies and was exercising her right to peacefully protest. And... Um, and, and so, of course, then he went through that time by himself, without his family, without his children, because by now we knew that him and his wife were by just alone. And they went through that difficult time by themselves. And now he is again, he's been put behind bars. I, all I want to say is that, like Iman said, that this is a pattern with the state, because Gulala is not the first dissident or rights defender whose family is 
has been persecuted in this way. We know of another dissident whose family were targeted and uh, subject to so so much uh, severe surveillance. And Human Rights Commission of Pakistan put this on record. Ahmed Vakas Guraya, a blogger who was disappeared back in the day, that her, his parents had to go into exile and actually seek asylum in Europe uh, because of what was happening to them. They also had severe health problems because of the kind of harassment they were facing here. And of course, we know what happens to the other people like Talia has been mentioned, the families of the disappeared in Pakistan face do face harassment. They are subject to, to surveillance when they stand up for the for and when they follow the cases of their missing loved ones in courts, and especially it happens to high profile cases um, where the missing people are either political dissidents or rights defenders or journalists. So um, uh, it, it, the, the targeting is systemic, uh, and but and it's it's um, it looks like there's not going to be an end to this because it's Professor Ismail today. It's going to be another man or another mother or another sister or brother tomorrow because this is a blueprint that the state now follows when it comes to targeting rights defenders or women rights defenders and their families. And um, because uh, there is zero tolerance for any kind of peaceful dissent in Pakistan. I just hope that um, my big worry is that Professor Ismail and his wife, um, they remain okay because their health is a big concern. Yes, their liberties as well, as well and all kinds of rights, but the way they're being uh, very harshly treated and because of their age, there is likelihood that there, there are no guarantees that they would remain okay and healthy. I hope they do. I don't want to end this on a very morbid and sad note, but it's just that I'm truly really worried about their health. Yes, thank you.